Having a wonderful time this weekend at the Sound. Been hearing God speaking, and it's just been just been good just to be a part of uh, just the wonderful activity that the Holy Spirit is uh, doing here at uh, Heart of the uh, Help me out, Heart of the Heart of the City Church, and uh, not just these three days, but just to kind of come and get a sense of what's been going on here is just incredibly cool. Yeah, I, I remember that uh, meeting on the phone. We we're talking. This guy's coming through. He's like, Pastor, she's trying to cut me. But now our neighborhood's changed so much. We just, they just, you know, you might find tofu or, uh, or uh, something else on the, on the parking lot or whatever. But it's still all good. Still people need to know Jesus, you know. So if you have your Bible, uh, turn the book of Joshua chapter 10. Joshua chapter 10. And uh, we're going to read a few verses here. And what's going on here is Joshua is uh, uh, in the middle of a battle. Um, sometimes battles are inevitable. You know, you're going to face them. I remember when I was, uh, I, was just, I was a believer for maybe a couple years. And uh, my sister uh, came to faith in Christ shortly after that. And I remember she was in the kitchen and she was kind of bawling. And she was talking to my mom and she was crying. She goes, why don't I ever have any trials and tribulations? How come I don't have any? And in my mind, I'm thinking, girl, are you crazy? She's weeping because she doesn't have any trials and temptations. I'm like, you better be praising God. You don't have Just keep living. But difficulties, battles, struggles, trials, temptation, all those things are inevitable. But uh, at the same time, as we go through them, God has... Uh, ways that he wants to work and he has a idea to show himself to you through those difficulties in ways that you may have not encountered or engaged him before so let's just read uh through this um, the bible says now adonai zedek the king of jerusalem heard that joshua had taken ai and totally destroyed it doing the ai and its king as he had done to jericho and its king and the people of Gibeon had made a treaty of peace with Israel and were living near them. And he and his people were very much alarmed at this because Gibeon was an important city, like one of the royal cities. It was larger than Ai and all of its fighting, um, all, of its, all of its men were good fighters. So Adonai Zedek, the king of Jerusalem, appealed to Hoam, of king of Hebron, and Piram, king of Jarmuth, and Japhia, king of Lachish, and Debir, king of Eglon, come up and help me attack Gibeon, he said, because it has made peace with Joshua and the Israelites. Then the five kings of the Amorites, the king of Jerusalem, Hebron, Jarmuth, Lachish, and Eglon, joined forces, and they moved up with all their troops and took positions against Gibeon and attacked it. The Gibeonites sent word to Joshua in the camp of Gilgal, do not abandon your servants, come up to us quickly and save us. Help us, because all the Amorites kings from the hill country have joined forces against us. So Joshua marched from Gilgal with his entire army, including all the best fighting men. And the Lord said to Joshua, do not be afraid of them. I've given them into your hand. Not one of them will be able to stand against you. And after an all-night march, now think about that, an all-night march, not like a quick, you know, five-minute trip to the convenience store, an all-night march, from Gilgal, Joshua took them by the surprise, and the Lord threw them into confusion before Israel, 
who defeated them in a great victory at Gibeon. Israel pursued them along the road going up to Bethel Horan and cut them down all the way to Ezekiah to Makada. And as they, as they fled before Israel on the road down to Beth Horon, Ezekiah, the Lord, hurled large hailstones down from the sky. And more of them died from the hailstones that were killed by the sword of the Israelites. On that day, the Lord gave the Amorites over to Israel. And Joshua said to the Lord in the presence of Israel, O sun, stand still over Gibeon. O moon, over the valley of Ajalon. So the sun stood still and the moon stopped till the nations avenged itself upon its enemies. It's written in the book of Jasher that the sun stopped in the middle of the sky and delayed going down for about a full day. There has never been a day like it before or since, a day when the Lord listened to a man. Surely the Lord was fighting for Israel. Then Joshua returned with Israel to the camp of Gilgal. Lord, we just pray as we just look at your word for uh, just a few minutes here that you would speak. Uh, faith to our hearts. Lord, just uh, an injection of what you can do uh, through a people that are committed to you. So God, we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So there's a lot of background information that goes into this, how the Gibeonites tricked uh, Israel into uh, uh, forming a collaboration with them, and uh, how that was one time when they really didn't, uh, Israelites really didn't talk to God about if they should make this alliance or not. But uh, to make a long story short, they did. Now they were committed to helping these, uh, these people out. And so here it is, uh, Joshua, the Israelites, they're in uh, Canaan land for a purpose. I mean, they have business to take care of. And what they're doing is they're fulfilling God's promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, uh, Moses, Joseph, just throughout uh, their history that God was going to give them all of the land of Canaan. And the promise was, everywhere you put your foot, I'm going to give it to you. So again, that's not just a promise to one man, but it's a promise to a people. It's a promise to a, a, uh, a community that's aligned under God Almighty, that God says, I am going to do this for you. Now, we know that the community of God is the church, and there are things that God wants to do and there's ways that he wants to work in the church not just an individual type of uh, uh, movement where okay you know I'm blessed I'm getting my breakthrough and all this wonderful stuff is happening to me although those things do happen in the context of our life God does bless bless us we do go through different kind of things that's why James says rejoice with those that rejoice mourn with those that mourn but at the same time, we have to have a, a, a mindset and we have to have an understanding that we, we are in this uh, thing together and we move together. I think part of uh, the, the consumer uh, mentality we have in the American church is we're so uh, in, individualistic in the sense that we don't really understand living life together, doing life together, and it's, it, it, it's, it takes effort to do that. It, it's, it's a struggle to do that. It's a battle to do that because if I don't like what Pastor J.O. does or what, what somebody else does, I'll take my ball and I'll go someplace else where I can find uh, a person who wants to play with me just like I, they'll throw the ball just like I like to throw the ball. And then when they, when they stop throwing the ball like I like them to throw the ball, I'll take my ball again and go someplace else. 
And see, really, that thinking has to, that thinking is not uh, conducive to uh, building church and community the way that God desires. We're in this together, we walk together, we live together, we weep together, we mourn together, we get mad at each other together. We, at times, we, uh, we almost hate each other together, but because we're together, we can work it out together. All right. So, it's Israel going and fighting this battle together. Now, one of the things about God is God does not have any illusions about our shortcomings and infallibility. He has no illusions. Now, you know how it is, uh, uh, over the years, I've been pastoring for almost about 26 and a half years, and uh, I've married a lot of people. And it's amazing what happens. You know, you, people will go through counsel and they'll, they'll, you know, they'll get married. They'll be doing great for a couple years. And then all of a sudden, the real him shows up. <laughs> and the real her shows up. And they say, what is going on here? Well, the problem is they had some false illusions about what marriage is, you know. Um, you know, you look at you know, Hollywood, you know, when people get married in Hollywood, they just, uh, they're just in love. He floats. She floats. The birds sing around them. All the stars in the galaxy lined up. And it's just like happily ever after. But the weird thing about the holiday, if you, you know, like I like watching those old movies and so I like to read about old actors. A lot of them married five times, six times, so what they're portraying is not even, it's not even real. But it's like, you know, people, they'll, they'll, people, uh, couples will get married and, and they have this, they have this uh, called a Cinderella complex. <laughs> so the prince is looking for Cinderella. And the way they find Cinderella is crazy, but it's the movies is he identifies her by her ability to fit a glass slipper. So he goes and he tries uh, to fit the slipper on a woman whose foot is about that big. He knows the thing ain't gonna fit that joint, but he 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 tries to put it on there anyway. And Cinderella, meanwhile, is in the attic, and she's saying, Oh, Prince Charming, Prince Charming, come rescue me, come rescue me, come rescue me. And by uh, certain circumstances of events, uh, he hears a noise in the attic. He inquires. The wicked stepmother says, there's nobody up there. And uh, the Prince Charming's uh, attendant says, I believe there is. And they bring this girl downstairs. She sits in a chair and he takes the glass slipper and he puts it on her foot. His eyes light up. Her eyes light up. The pumpkin turns back into a chariot. The mice remorph into stallions. And they go driving off happily ever after. And they think that's the way that it is. Until a few years go by. And Cinderella foot starts to swell a little bit 
They go through a few problems. He's like, let me go get the glass slipper. He's trying to put it on. It doesn't fit anymore. But there's a catch. He can't put it on the way he put it on before. The arthritis hit him so he can't kneel down on his knees. So he has to ask her to sit on the high stool in the kitchen so he can reach her foot. So his illusion is shattered. Her illusion is is shattered. But the reality is they're still really married. And so with with, with the church, I think sometimes we have this this weird illusion that everything is going to be roses. You know, one one, one of the statements I hear a lot of times from people, I used to to hate this when people did this to me. I might do something somebody might not like and they'll say, I thought you were a Christian. Anybody ever heard that before? I thought you were a Christian. I thought you said your church were people that love God. I thought, I thought. You know, back in the other days, earlier days, I was like, well, you know. But now I would probably tell you, well, you you got it right, but you sure thought wrong. (laughs) Because the illusion is not what it is. So here it is. Think about this. Israel has all this prophetic uh, currency. I'm going to give you the land. Nobody's going to stand before you. You, 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 uh, As I was with Moses, I'm going to be with you. They have all of this prophetic backing. But even with that, there's still mess-ups, slip-ups, foibles. But God is not disillusioned because he knows in order for that promise to be fulfilled, he's going to have to do something to make that happen. Because the journey you're on as a church, uh, God in his mind never intended for you to do it on your own all by yourself. Never crossed his mind. The glorious vision he has you got in your hearts and in his heart to reach thousands of people in this area and, and, and thousands of people in this region. That's a God idea. He's put that in your heart. And he knows he's going to help you to do that. Now, having said that, you know, look at this text here. There's a couple of things we have, to, we have to kind of balance out. The first one is this. You have to do all you can do. So when they heard that uh, the Gibeonites were under attack, they had to, Joshua had to get all of the fighting men, the entire army, and they had to march all night long. Now that sounds like some work to me. To walk all night long. I know Pastor Bob, he did that CrossFit workout yesterday and just him telling me about it was enough to unmotivate me (laughs) to work out for I don't know how long. He's he's talking about doing these clinging jerks. How many do you, Pastor Bob? About 59. I'm like Jay, I'm like Jay on this one. Bro, <laughs> that's insane. <laughs> it's like, you know, I, 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 you know, so that's like, you know, that's, that's just too much work. But these guys had to walk all night long. Now think about this. People are, I gotta watch what happened. People are people. People are people. Now I guarantee you everybody that woke up 
There was a soldier that day. Some of those guys said, hey, you know, I'm great, I'm, I'm great to watch the, uh, the Hebrew Super Bowl, whatever it was. But Joshua said, hey, we got to get here to go march. Some guy, he's laying in, his, laying in his tent, he's just relaxing, you know, and he's just enjoying a good time, and he's uh, playing with the, the kids and his wife, and hey, we got to get him to go march. I guarantee you, everybody was not marching that day singing, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Oh, how good it is to walk. I guarantee you that wasn't going to, there were some guys probably walking, man, look, what's up with this? We got to go, we don't, I don't like the Gideonites anyway. I don't even like these people. And I got to go walk and I got to go, I got to go uh, do this with them. So anyway, my point is this. They did all that they could do. It's not just we're going to sit here and just wait for some, for some supernatural occurrence from God. I mean, have you ever seen people like that? I'm just, I'm waiting on God. I'm waiting on God. You know, uh, he's going to come through. He told me. And, and they just, and what they are, I call them prophetic junkies. Because they'll just, they'll go over here and they'll say, okay, here's a prophetic word. And the prophetic word over here will say, will say uh, go talk to your neighbor. And you'll see God work. Okay, I'm waiting for the exact word to talk to my neighbor. Oh, there's another prophetic meeting over here. Thus saith the Lord, get your behind out your house. Go talk to your neighbor. They'll say, they'll say, they'll say. That was kind of harsh. That wasn't the will of God. So then they bring in, they bring in the prophet of all prophets and they run over to that that church and the prophet, he does his thing, he's, you know, he's kind of got a different kind of motif the way he operates and he kind of goes like this and then he feels, you, 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 you right there, right there, right there. I just see you going over to your neighbor's house and that person goes back home again. Lord, I'm waiting on you empower me to talk to my neighbor lord give me the grace to talk okay three times four times you have got to do what you know to do so if you want a revival of souls being saved well what do you got to do you have to do what you have to do you do all of it but like i said god is under no illusion he knows that we're going to need help to reach the destination that he has purposed for us to reach. So here it is. I love, I love this verse. I love it. They're doing all they can do. They've marched all night long to fight. They've warred. They've, they're, they're, they're battling God's help. They're getting help, man. They're getting assistance. God's raining down hailstones from heaven just taking people out, man. They're like... <laughs> I mean, he's just wiping them out. So that, so that Morgan wiped out by the hailstones than by what the army's doing. But even with that, it still was not enough. God was working. They were working. It wasn't enough. So here's Joshua in the heat of the battle. I just love it. It's not this contrived. I mean, they, they, they would never tell you in seminary, if you're in a battle and you're going through difficulty, just speak to the sun and tell the sun to stop. I'm going to tell you that. Here he is. He's Fighting. Where, 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 where did Joshua get information from to pray a prayer like that? Who, 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 who did he see? Who did he hear of? Who did he, who did he, who did he see of in terms of a situation in battle like that? Pray and just 
Well, he had been around it. He had seen his mentor, his, his, his discipler. But I don't know if Moses ever prayed a prayer just like that. Stay right there. Don't you move until I tell you to. He says, son, stand still. Son, st- st- stand still. The moon doesn't move until they finish taking care of business. And then the scripture says, never before has a man, has the Lord listened to a man like that. Wow. See, here's kind of the crux of the thing. As you're journeying together, as you're doing all that you can do, you're going to come against some stuff that's going to require more special sauce than you have. Yeah. Come on. Your, 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 your pack of tartar sauce in the back pocket is not going to cut it. Spirit bottle of ketchup on the, on the cover is not going to cover it. Even that delicious stuff that you make and you make, it's not going to cut. You're going to need something from heaven to break you through. And the beautiful thing is this. God is willing and able to provide what you need in order to be able to break through and go to that place where he wants you. So the point is this. As you're doing what God is calling you to do, you don't make a big deal out of the obstacles. You don't freak out over the obstacles. You don't uh, hightail and go back because you have barriers and you have obstacles. I remember we were getting our building, uh, Pastor Bob, he would ask me, he'd say, he'd say, hey, he'd call me and say, hey, Mark, how's the building going? Same way it was a year ago. Hey, Mark, how's the building going? Same way it's going a year ago. So we had been in this thing, we, were, we, were, we, were, we had applied to so many banks and we got so many rejections, I just had a complex. I'd walk by a bank and I'd start to break out in hives. I'm like, they, they don't love me, they don't love me, they don't love me. So Pastor, uh, so, uh, so Bob calls me and he says, Mark, let's go, out to, let's go out to coffee. And I'm thinking, I love Bob, but I do not want to go out to coffee with him. Because I knew what he was going to ask me. I knew what he was going to ask me. And I mean, I kind of struggle. I'm like, I'm like, Lord, I love him. I love him. But I do not want to have, I don't feel like that conversation today. So, so we went and he ordered coffee and I got my chai tea and he kind of kid me about drinking chai tea. <laughs> and we're sitting around chatting for about five minutes. All of a sudden, Bob kind of goes, lays his head back, and he says, well, Mark, uh, have you thought about trying to get a loan to get that building paid off, finished up? Oh. And everything in my spirit just started going, dun 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 I was like, Pastor Bob, I told you the last ten times you asked but something changed in my heart. I said, okay, Lord, he's, he, he, he's a leader. I look to him for leadership. I'm going to submit my heart to him. And so right there at that Starbucks, I said, okay, I'll do it. Let me tell you, what, that was an obstacle, man. It was, it was so bad. We were getting so much flack from the community. How are you guys going to get this building done? You'll never get it done. You shouldn't have bought a building this big, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It was, a, it was, it was rough. And so Pastor Bob just over, over coffee says, try the bank. Try it all. A lot of times I said, I'll do it again. When I said I would, that next Monday, and I'm not exaggerating, I go to the office. My administrator says, the bank called today and asked, would you 
uh, do you need a loan to help you finish doing your building? Can you believe that? They call and ask us. I told her, I said, well, is the Pope Catholic? Do black folks like collard greens? You better believe, and the Lord worked it out. That, that was God supernaturally working and moving a mountain and moving an obstacle for us. <coughs> Excuse me. Joshua was, was bold enough to pray and to ask. When you come up against these, because you, you, there are going to be some obstacles that you're going to come up against, but the Lord's warning you ahead of time. Don't freak out about it. Do the Joshua thing. Son, stand still. Allow the power of God to work and to move the mountains. Let faith, let faith come alive in your spirit to believe God for some awesome, incredible things. You know, I just say even like this next destination, that's not going to be the last one. This, 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 you know, you're going you're to take this next step and it's going to be good, but, and, and you're going to enjoy it just like you've enjoyed this, but that's not going to be the last one. There are going to be things that God's going to open up for you. It's going to literally blow your, blow your mind. But God has built you as a people to be able to do that. And he is committed to the journey with you to do wonderful things like making the sun stand still, making the moon stay where it is. Because he wants to show his glory. So when it's all said and done at the end of the day, it's not, it's not, well, look what Heart of the City Church did or what Pastor Jail did. But it's like, man, did you see what God, only, only God, only God could do that. Amen. Praise God. Let's just pray and then we'll uh, kind of shift gears here. Just lift your hands. I just want to just pray for an infusion of faith into your heart. Uh, today, uh, <coughs> Mark chapter 11 talks about, it says, uh, if you have faith, you can say this to this uh, mountain, be thou removed and be thrown in the sea. And then it says, you know, if you believe in your heart, what you ask for, God will do it. And then the, the last part of the verse says, if you uh, have any unforgiveness, forgive someone so to pray those kind of prayers you're in alignment with God God's committed to working with you to uh, uh, make the journey but then also you got to keep your pipes clean got to keep your pipes clean so Lord today we pray that if there's uh, anything in our hearts and our lives Lord that needs to be washed away unforgiveness bitterness Lord even hurt and just uh, pain that has accumulated we pray oh Lord God today that by your spirit God you would uh, move those things cleanse and heal and then Lord God let a just a faith be imparted to this house that will believe you to do the wonderful supernatural things that only you can do Father put such a faith in their heart Lord they would know that Lord you're going to complete this journey that it's a done deal that you're with them and everything they need Lord God you're going to make it available to them so, God, we thank you and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Great words. Amen. Yeah.
Amen. Well, I'm going by this clock. We got seven minutes and 54 Ooh. seconds to get prophetic. Amen. So I'm going to go quick, give it to the next person, and get a little sauce going here. Amen. Yeah. Amen. You are a fighter of faith, and you won. Or I just see you fighting for ground. God's given you an inheritance, and you're just. I'm going to go after this thing. You see the promises and the word of God, and you just say, I, I want this, Lord. It's just like the, the guys in, back in the 50s. They just, they just saw the, the grace of God, the power of God, and they want that anointing. And there's just, you want it. I want the mantle. I, I want to I be a man of God. I mean, that's in your spirit, and that's in your heart. And it's, it's been kind of a slow process. Lord, how do I get there, and how do I gain this thing? I, I just believe God wants to just comfort your heart that, that the thing that's in your heart is of me, says God. And I am with you. And you are going to obtain here a little and there a little. I'm, I'm putting some things together in your lives. I'm, I'm putting some things in order. And, and you've had a zeal, but there's been like a, like, a, like a car or a wedding car with a bunch of cans dragging down the street behind it. And, and there's just some things that just got to come together in your life. And it'll be a platform to move forward. The Word of God is going to grow in you, O man of God. The, the, the confidence of God is going to move in you, O woman of God. And you're going to be no, just, effective people and reaching people you know, and ministering to people. What, what you want to be a preacher of righteousness. Because I don't have that It's in your heart. Like raspberry has it's in your mind. Stuff in there it's in your spirit. You are going to go into a quiver. And you're going to get like polished shaft and a sharpened arrowhead and trimmed feathers. And the day of your manifestation to the church is not around the corner. It's going to be a while. I'm going to work on you. I'm going to groom you. You're going to submit yourself to government. You're going to be shaped. I see one day that you might be sent out of here to go plant a church. I'm going to prophesy that. I believe God's just speaking to me right now. You will plant a church someday. Just rest under his yoke. You run ahead of God, you will run without an anointing. You stay submitted to the lordship of Jesus. And you, the government I put over you, and you will know good success. Much polishing, much trimming, much sharpening. Real healing needs to be taking place in, in your body. God's going to touch your physical body in a miraculous way. God's going to touch you emotionally in a miraculous way. Um, Great healing. I, Isaiah 61, he's going to heal the broken heart. He's, he's going to set... You free from things that just ail you and plague you. There's a combination, a one-two punch, emotionally and physically. And God's going to touch you miraculously. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. This young lady right here. That's right. You got just a lover of God. I mean, you just love Jesus. You're going to have a tremendous grace with children. There's just going to be a gift. You know, I, I can work with kids and it's great. But there's people, you know... My, my son-in-law, Ryan, when he's with, like, my grandkids, they just flock to him like, you know, like little ducklings after Mother Duck, you know. They just don't have the same thing with me. Teenagers do, but young kids, I kind of scare them. But, man, you, you got a grace. You got an anointing. I see you teaching kids. I see you as a teacher, really. I see you having a tremendous ability to instruct and create graphics and and, and do creative things to capture the imagination of a young generation. All my children were baptized in the Holy Spirit from the age of four to the age of eight. All four of my daughters. Started, first one was at four, the next one was at five, the next one was at six. 
Last one, she was a little bit slow. Hey. <laughs> All baptized when they're young children. It wasn't like they go back, I wasn't saved then. My parents forced me. They served God with a bent, reading the Bible, prophesying, moving the gifts of the Spirit from a very young age. You're going you're gonna to teach these kids how to come into the presence of God, laying hands on them, get them to dance before the Lord, worship, have a burden to share their faith. And you're going to touch them. They're going to know Bible stories. They're going to know Bible promises. You got it. Is this an encouraging word to you? Yes. Yeah, you work with kids, that's good. Amen. Father, bless her, anoint her. In Jesus' name. In Jesus honey, name. We, got, we got three minutes. You got anything? You guys are all right. It's all right. Okay. It's not just 12 minutes, but 10. Yeah. We'll, we'll rush. We'll, we'll move yeah. people in. We'll move people out. Yesterday? Did you guys receive prayer yesterday? Did you receive prayer? I just asked them if they received yesterday. I just see the two of you as having been like rooted out of a place that wasn't really um, your idea. It's like you're the dirt's still on the roots and you still have like feelings emotionally from the place that God moved you from. And I feel like even though this is a, a wonderful house, a beautiful group of people, you're still um, feeling very attached to the place where you um, came. And, and God is coming in to give the two of you an assurance that he has his hand on you for good. That the Lord says, I'm in the middle of all these transitions. I see. I'm the God that sees your heart. I see your losses. I see your goodbyes. I see your tears. But I've come today to bring you into a new land, a land that's very fruitful, a land that even for the two of you is going to bring even prosperity, fruitfulness, even relationally, you've thought, how are we going to connect? But God wants to bring in a new connectedness to you. He wants to teach you um, to, to really walk with him in this matter and to ask him for relationships. I feel like there's a a fresh wind blowing through you, a fresh understanding of my spirit, a fresh uh, oil coming to the both of you. It's like you were, um, you, you've been like pushing a cart uphill and God is going to put you now on the downhill where it's going to be like, woo, this is a ride now. God is going to make a, just a new day for you, a day of blessing. I know that... Um, I don't know the two of you at all, and I don't know if you're involved in the house here, but I feel like he wants you to attach to the leadership, to present yourself willing to help. I feel like you have a ministry of helps, a ministry of even um, helping put things in order. There's an organizational uh, strategy in you, even in business, an ability to put things I see you telling people where to go and they go and how to line up and they line up. And uh, that gift, the gift that's in you, man of God, is also for the house of God. And I want to use you. I, wanna, I want to press on you. I want to squeeze you a little bit in a good way to bring out even um, fruitfulness in the house of God.
Let me just share something. Of course, we're limited by time uh, in this service. And um, first of all, you could always come back to the next service or the 1130 service. You're like, what, go to church twice? We would not hesitate to sit in a football game for three or four hours. I mean, honestly. I just encourage that. Our 11.30 service will not be so bound with time. They'll have more freedom. If you've been here for the last couple of nights, you know what I'm talking about, where they've, they've ministered to many, 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 many folks. And some of it was so, well, all of it was so supernatural. It was amazing. But I want to draw your attention back to Pastor Mark's word for a moment. I thought that was a phenomenal word. Listen, if, if you've been around here even this much, you've heard me say, come to Heart of City Church and get offended. Because we refuse not to be real and transparent. So many people, they just go to one place, Cinderella Complex, and we want to let you know in the very beginning, we're more like the pumpkin. We're hurting. What I've said is that we are, an, we are a beautiful mess. Welcome to a beautiful mess. Because Jesus puts us together. He heals the brokenhearted. And we're on a journey. You know, we first met in my house one time. Then on 15th Street at Harding Family Center. Then we're at Fernand Elementary. Then after that, I begged that we would please, Pastor, let us meet at uh, uh, the uh, uh, Seventh-day Adventist. And we were there for a few months. We landed at Second in uh, Indiana for three years, leased a place. We wore that building slam out. The toilets was right there and right there. What a day. Then God opened up this building here supernaturally. We looked at it uh, one year, and then a, a developer got a hold of it, and so you've lost the building, or it's not available. Not really lost. It was never ours. It's not available. So we went, okay. And then the real estate agent called me. Hey, that fell through in the wintertime. And um, we saved a lot of money through those months of not buying it back then, but at the time that God opened the door. And now if you've been here, would you agree, if you've been here for the last couple of nights, that we might need a new building? Yeah. Hey, if I, have to, if I have to sell you on that, you haven't been around. Because we had people setting all in the floor, down the wall, overflow room everywhere i mean it just was now let me tell you you know my heart it's not about the building this is a sheep shed it is not about the building but it's about what happens inside the building it's about the transforming power of the holy spirit that happens inside the building that changes lives and marriages people healed and life. come on so we're on a journey. Friday, we put in a counter offer to the first offer. We're going to see where that leads. 
We have someone else looking at this building. We're going to see where that leads. I think Wednesday, if everything goes as planned, we're putting another offer in on the old specialty building. And we're just going to see where God. We're all in, this, in a journey. I'm not manipulating it. I'm not working it. We're just walking through doors. And listen, go the journey with us. We're going to have some challenging times. The, the, the foot's going to swell. The foot probably will even get smelly. But we're going to press on and do what God's called us to do, to reach our city, to reach our Jerusalem, our Judea, Samaria, and the globe. Amen. You with me on that? I mean, hey, this is really what we're... Look, you, you, you are not here just to run some business and go to work from nine to... You are just not here to do that. We have a greater cause... David looked at his brother Eliab. Is there not a cause? We may have a Goliath in front of us, but there is a spirit of David upon this church that we will slay by the grace of God, jungle breath Goliath. Amen? And move forward and do what God has called us to do. So I think you should really consider that word today. To me, that was a prophetic word to this church. Amen. Will you stand to your feet? You can stick around. You can, if, you, if you're going to leave, if you're going to leave, will you do me a favor and get out of here? I mean, if you're going to leave, if you're going to leave, I love you. But if you're going to leave, leave and use this door. Use this big old four foot door right here. Now you don't got to leave, but if you're going to leave, is that, is that fair? You know, I'm kind of playing a little bit. But we're trying to get people in and people out. And